Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, I'm Peter Jones, Chartered Surveyor, Author, and Property Investor, and this is the Progressive Property Podcast. And today, I'm joined by a man who I first met in all places. It was the Caymans, wasn't it? In fact, you can call it the Caymans. It's the Cayman Isles or the Cayman Islands. Yeah. And that's where we first met, wasn't it? We did, yeah. Yeah, a fantastic place. What a place to meet. Yeah, we could have met in Peterborough, but it never <laughs> happened. Yeah, it's just a bit better than Peterborough. Ian. Ian <laughs> Morton. I ought to tell everybody who I'm yes, talking to. Hey, Ian yes, Morton. that's me. Yes, that's you. <laughs> Ian, welcome yes. to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Yeah, no, lovely to be here. And I didn't realise when we when we actually met each other, it was over lunch at the, 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 the what was it called? What's the name of that hotel? What, the Ritz Carlton. The, the Ritz. It yeah, was the well, Ritz. You're, it showing was off, the... you're showing off now. Well, I am name, name dropping a little bit. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. It was yeah brunch at the the Ritz. Yeah. And I didn't realise exactly what you're doing in property. I'm going to explore this as we go through the podcast. Yeah, of you've course. Been yeah. Setting the property world on fire, in, but in a very quiet and unassuming way. I'm a very quiet guy. Kind of. I'm not sure that's true, actually. But <laughs> no, there we are. It isn't we'll true, see. actually, no. No, it's, it's no. not true at all, no, is it? No. So, Ian, yeah. you're in property. Yes. You've been in property for, what, 40-odd years? It is 40 years next month. Wow. Yes. Wow. You must have started early, though, because you don't look like you're old enough to have <laughs> no, been there at 40 No, years. I'm only 41. Yeah. I did start very early. No, yeah. actually, no, I'm coming up to 56. Yeah. So, yeah, I started, actually, when I was 16. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. And I did actually start a bit before that, actually, but but specifically training in property at 16. So, uh, yeah, I uh, was really good at art school. I was actually terrible at everything else. So I got three O-levels, which is not too impressive, which were art, technical drawing and geography. Not brilliant. So I ended up doing, I was really good at art, so I ended up going to art college, learned to be a commercial interior designer, basically. That was my first uh, step into the property world. And uh, after that, then I um, got a job, which was good. <laughs> it was actually a difficult time to get. I was only, the only person in the entire year that got a job in interior design, which was good for me anyway, not so good for everybody else. Well, it's interesting to just sort of jump in here because yeah. you, academically you were struggling. Yes. But that obviously hasn't held you back in property at all. And I think well, this no, is one of the things which yeah. perhaps listeners might not appreciate because we, we often make in our own minds the criteria which you think you need for success mm. and academic achievement is usually one of the things on the list. I'm rubbish at maths, by the way. I, <laughs> oh, I no, did, you're I, not, are you? I did actually manage well, to get I'm not going to do my, a JV with you, then. Well, exactly. <laughs> but I did manage to get my maths O-level, as they were yep. called in those days, right. just, only because I think they took a bit of pity on me. But yeah. I can't do maths, but it hasn't held me back. But, I mean, you were starting from a point where yeah. academically you were really struggling and you, yeah, you were yeah. the first one to get a job and... You've mm. gone on to do amazing things. Yeah, well, I think it's a little bit like if you if you if you're sort of not good at everything, but you're good at one thing, that's actually quite good in the end because I was specialised in one thing, and I was always I always used to beat everybody at that. So that that was my joy, really. Mm. Right from being tiny, actually, from five, I remember teacher putting a picture up and saying, "This is really good," and I remember thinking, "I need to do this." Mm. <laughs> So, <clears throat> so then I got into design. Yes. Um, and that was your first job. You're using your artistic skills to yes, get into design. Yes, yeah, yeah. I've never done anything other than property in my whole life, really, in mm. my whole working life. That's just the only thing I've ever done. Um, so, 
uh, which is, you know, I've enjoyed every bit of it really. So I did that first anyway, and then uh, I got a job and learned, we got designing shopping centres, leisure centres, uh, restaurants, offices, hotels, literally every type of, in, also uh, designing private houses in the Middle East as well, things like that. So all sorts of things, fantastic experience. But I noticed from your the sort of bullet point CVs, I mean, that you were quite involved in the leisure industry. Yeah, massively You seem to keep involved. going back to the pubs, don't you? I do. Well, I am from... <laughs> you, I don't think we've picked up that I'm from Yorkshire. Yeah. I'm In fact, my voice is starting to go more Yorkshire now, I've said that. But, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, not that people in Yorkshire drink a lot, I shouldn't have said that. But anyway... Tet- Tetley's tea. Tet- Joshua Tetley's. Mm. I can remember being tiny, seeing the picture. I don't know, but you know it's a huntsman, yeah? So there was a massive link to the brewery of Joshua Tetley. So I, mm. and I, and I, and I, uh, I always enjoyed a drink as a younger guy. So what happened with the design uh, side of things is I went to this multidiscipline practice and they ended up bringing some work from Joshua Tetley's actually into the company. And I thought, ah, I actually like that. And um, I was only a young guy, I was only like 20. So I, I specialised in, uh, in the leisure side, the leisure industry. I got into designing uh, hotels, as I said, and... Uh, and, and that's what I specialise in, and I, I, uh, I built that up. I then got a job, actually, at, at Mitchells and Butler's, mm. um, and then Joshua Tetley's. Mm. Mitchells and Butler's doing uh, hotels and new build pubs. Um, and, I, and I did that um, for quite a few years. Got made redundant, actually. Mm. You know, when Margaret Thatcher, God bless her, did what she did, um, I got made redundant at 25, which was a bit of a shock. Mm. <laughs> But some fantastic stuff came out of it because I started my own design company and uh, that's been going for 30 years. So, In fact, you're just coming up to your 30th anniversary, I think. That's right, yeah, 30 years. Actually, I think it was last year, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, 30 years of doing that. But um, that's gone through all sorts. Of, I mean, I used to employ sort of 35 people at one time mm. uh, and, and, you know, I used to employ designers, project managers, even QSs. I built up a designer build company as well at that time. Um, so I got into project management as well, and and then into um, eventually into property development. Yeah, well, it's obviously very entrepreneurial. Your whole mindset, and we'll, we'll yeah. perhaps explore that a little bit later. But going back to the property side, you of yep. course started in property in your own right at quite a young age as well, didn't you? Mm, yeah, well, Rel- relatively speaking, I mean, may, by that time you've been working for almost ten years, though, so it may not have felt it to you. But yeah. 25, was it? That's right. Oh, you have read the thing. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking you might have made that up, but no, yeah. So no, Um, well, you get to a certain age, and and especially from my dad. My dad was a massive influence on me, Mm. um, and his main instructions (laughs) were to buy your own house and to be an entrepreneur, never work for anybody if you can at all possible. Those were the two instructions. What did your dad do, by the way? He was an entrepreneur. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But he never actually found what he actually wanted to do. So Mm. he... He, there's four of us, there's four sons, so he guided us all the best he could into, and they all ended up doing different things. We're all completely different from each other, but we all ended up doing entrepreneurial stuff mm. um, because that's what he taught us, and, and he was right as well. Mm. So anyway, so going back to the property thing, um, so yeah, I realised I needed to buy something, and um, bizarrely, I ended up buying my mum and dad's house. Yes. Now that sounds interesting, because that was a refurb project. Yeah, I suppose it was. I've done projects before, but that was my first personal project, yeah, that I did, um, you know. A lot and you of, rewired it? 
Oh, you are? Yeah, wow, yeah. So, yes. By the way, for anybody listening to this, don't try this at me. No, don't, no. don't do this. But this was many years ago. I mean, well, obviously not um, that many years ago, because you're not old enough. But <laughs> It a, was a long a, time a, ago. A few yeah. years ago. Yeah, so the first house um, I bought from mum and dad, and what they did was, they, it was a bit sad, but actually it wasn't that sad, because they'd been together for about 40 years, and they they got fed up of each other and actually wanted to, to move apart. Mm. Um, and it was a very amicable, they ended up getting their own apartments and moved away and, you know, I loved them both. There was no no problem with that. Um, a bit odd. Mm. I didn't really actually want to go back as well, that's another thing, mm. um, because I'd left home mm. when I think I was 21. And so going back when I was 25, it was like, I don't really want to go back there, but I had to do it. Mm. And they gave me a fantastic deal as well, so... They let me buy it really cheap, mm. um, and they even built in some money for me to do it up as well within the mortgage. So, mm. massive, huge favour. Mm. Um, Brilliant. So go back to the wiring. Yeah, sorry, the wiring. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the, ju- yeah. So because I hadn't got a clue, I bought one of these uh, DIY books, and Dad made up a double socket, put all the wires in it that go to the correct places, and the same with the ceiling rows. So I had a sample ceiling rows and a sample socket you know, with the wires cut off so you knew where everything went. And we just go around doing one at a time and we rewired the house. And then we got a proper electrician in to check it all out and uh, do the mains. Which is probably... Didn't fancy doing the mains. I must admit that when I saw that you'd rewired your house, I assumed you knew what you were doing. But no, there we go. No, no. I got a clue. No. no, but we did it and uh, it's still it's fine. still standing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So far. Anyway, for anybody listening, don't do it. No, don't do that, please. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> So you bought your parents' house, yeah. which is an amazing deal, and obviously, sadly, they'd separated, so they weren't living yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was wondering about that, because obviously in this day and age, you're not allowed to do a sale and lease back, unfortunately. If somebody sells you their house, you can't buy the house and leave them in there. But no, that, no, they that, just wanted to go their own way. They were pretty old. They wanted to retire into their own sort of pads. But that, that was the start for you? That was the start of my personal Did you of think of it consciously as, at the time? Did you think, wow, well, we're going to be into property now? Oh, and yeah, really no, develop? no. I, I'd, I'd been wanting to buy something for, for many years. I, I was going to buy something in Birmingham when I was at Mitchells and Butler's, and then I, and I actually got relocation expenses to move to Leeds, mm. and part of the relocation was to buy a house. But by the time I'd found the house, I'd only been at Tetley's for six, uh, nine months, and they made me redundant. So mm. I never got the relocation expenses. Oh. <laughs> so I ended up, uh, I set my own design code, then I bought the house, basically. Right. So, that, I mean, that's quite a big stretch, isn't it, for many people, actually running a business and developing the property side as well yep. on the side. Yes. How did you manage that? Um, just worked really hard, yeah. So I would, um, I mean, you hear of people doing it, obviously everyone has to do it, I suppose. So, yeah, I'd, I'd work all day long, and then I'd go back and I'd work, <laughs> you know, all evening as well. And uh, I'd work the weekends. I can remember sitting, you know, Sundays when it's beautiful sunshine outside and I'm doing all sorts of DIY stuff. So, no, I did all that. Mm. I'm a pretty hard worker. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think sometimes we, we're we so caught up with the idea of passive income and stuff, yeah. which is great, by the way, and <clears> yes. I love it. Oh, yeah. But you <laughs> so have do to I. do a certain <laughs> amount... Exactly. <laughs> but you have to do a certain amount of work before it actually becomes passive. Or I mean, it's never yes. going to be truly passive, but until you get to the point when it's mainly passive. But mm. people don't see the work behind that, do they? No, I suppose... Often think lucky so-and-so. Yes, yeah. Well, my dad, another thing he always said, he said, eventually, if you make it anywhere, they will say that you're lucky. And he said, you're not going to be lucky, you'll have just worked hard. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So you're building your own business and you're building a property portfolio at the same yes, time. Yes, yeah. So having bought your parents' house, what was the next stage of your property portfolio? Yeah, right. Well, I'd got a dream. Um, 
I mean, my, the house was actually quite a decent house that I bought. It was a big semi with a decent piece of land with it. But I, I'd, I'd always, and I didn't know about, you know, the things that Rob and Mark teach about visualising what you want and doing yeah. the image boards and all that. I didn't know about that. But I, I just had an, an image in my mind of what I wanted. And I thought, I'm going to buy a house that um, that I'll never need to move from. So yes. I bought a ridiculously big house. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so that was a bit odd as well. Because I got, I made about 50 grand out of the first house from mum and dad. Yeah. Uh, and this house that I found was way out of my league. I couldn't afford it. It was £280,000, which this is a long time ago. Mm. <laughs> so I managed to get... Um, this is like millions or a million. Oh, yeah, yeah, over a million now, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was way out of... I can remember walking around, actually, uh, in the garden with the guy that owned it. We had a big cigar and he was quite posh, you know, and I, he, he took me down... There's a pool as well, so he took me down there and he said, oh, yes, it's very nice living here. You'll enjoy this and... Da, da, da. And I thought, well, I can't afford it anyway. Mm. Um, but I had a look around and I thought, oh, wow, I love this. So I, 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 uh, so I managed to get a mortgage. The maximum I could get was 110000 which actually is, was a massive mortgage. I mean, that was a massive mortgage in those days. Um, and then I got, I got a bank loan for my business to relocate the office there, another twenty five grand. Anyway, so I could get two hundred grand. So I thought, right, well, my girlfriend at the time said, Whack it in. Make them, make them an offer of 200 grand because that's all you can afford. So I whacked it in and obviously it didn't go down very well. <laughs> <laughs> so they came back with, uh, you can have it for 240 grand. There's a reason why I ended up getting it so cheap, which I found out afterwards. Mm. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I still couldn't afford that anyway. So I kept to my 200. A state agent rings me up, says, uh, well, uh, you can have it. I've spoken to, who's called Mr. Tanker. I've spoken to Mr. Tanker. You can have it for 210. And I, I, on the phone... Um, sorry, I can only go to 200, and I'm not making that up. I'm really genuinely can't. He went, all right, 209, 208, 207. Over five minutes, came down to 101. I said, look, I'm not being, I'm not lying. I cannot go above that. And for some unknown reason, my mum had given me 500 quid, and I can't remember why. And so I said, well, I can give you 200,500 quid. And he went, you've got it. Gosh. I know. And I thought, oh, trap. Because I got it, and I, and I, but I couldn't afford to do anything with it. So I remember moving in with no money to do anything, yeah. although I got the house of my dreams. Mm. So, and again, back to the old working thing. Yeah. Um, but I got my brother working for me as well then. Mm. <laughs> and you still live there? Yeah, I'm still there, yeah, because it was my forever house, yeah. uh, although now I'm probably going to downsize from it. Um, but, yeah, so I've lived there for, well, 25 years. Yeah, yeah. so great, well, a bit more maybe. It's interesting that you had this thing, that you had to have that house because... Yes. Quoting my dad, actually, yes, right. yep. my, my dad, he always used to say, son, whenever you buy a house, yep. stretch yourself. And that yes, was his mantra. Yes. And he'd always yep. buy a house which was slightly more than he could afford. Definitely. Which meant that by the time I was eight, I think we lived in the most expensive road in Nottingham, mm. which is extraordinary given the salary that he was on at the time. Well, that generation, that was how you did it. And in fact, they were right, weren't they? To a degree, yeah. <laughs> Although we love our BMD <laughs> yeah. deals, don't we? Yeah, All that of course. Kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that and, and that um, that was a, a massive, massive thing to do, and it did me so much good because, literally, for the best part of maybe fifteen to twenty years, it was going up in value at fifty grand a year. Was that house? It's not bad, is it? More no. than most people earn in a year from their salary <laughs> yes. working sixty so hours. I, a so I'd stretch myself, but and I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, you know, I mean, Dad had said, "Oh yeah, property always goes up in value," but it was going up at fifty grand a year for year on year after year after year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so how can you do better than that? Yeah. Anyway, so the so what happened next was 
well, I did really well in the design company. It was we won, we won awards. We were very successful, um, and um, and I got quite a bit of money together. I managed to pay the mortgage off. I was funny. I did a, did a presentation the other day, and the guy in the audience couldn't believe that I'd paid my mortgage off at thirty seven. Mm. He said, "How did you do that?" Mm. And I said, "Well, I just worked." Mm. <laughs> he, he was like, he was like. Oh, it's a common theme here, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, the dreaded W word, a four-letter word beginning with W. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, so uh, yeah, and and it was a great moment. But then I thought, and I, and then I had another dream. I wanted to to buy a, a house in the Lake District because so I'd gone there as a kid. I think I was about eight, and I can remember thinking, "Oh my God, I love this place," you know. And and so the dream was buy a holiday cottage. No, well, not a holiday cottage. It was a second home, really. Yeah, and you just happened to be sort of driving around and you stumbled across it. Yeah, no, well, I'd, my, my, I think my son, yeah, my son had just been born, um, so it's uh, over 18 years ago. He, um, yeah, he, he, I can't remember using the car seat. Anyway, we just, yeah, so we, we'd gone to look at properties and we looked around 10 and I'd only got, I decided I was only going to spend about 100 grand, well, in the Lake District, even though it's 19, whatever it is, years ago, 18 years, um, you couldn't get a right lot. So... Um, I looked at all these things and, you know, my, my, my image was always this white cottage. You, you probably know what it's like in the lakes. Mm. Yeah, beautiful, lovely white cottages with, you know, some roses around the door and a nice little garden at the front, beautiful views. That was what I wanted. Anyway, I went round horrible little poxy, terrible little places, not in the Lake District, actually just out, you know. I won't mention the names, mm. so don't upset anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, and then I just went for a drive. I gave up. We gave up. Um, you know, like I'm sure you do. You go for you might go out in the country and just not really know where you're going and just go for a drive. So I did that. I just went, oh well, just sod it. We won't do anything. We'll maybe go for a you know a meal or something in a pub and just go for a nice drive. It was a beautiful day. Went up this road, saw this for sale sign, and thought, oh, that's quite nice. So I pulled up on the side of the road, sort of saw it and thought, mm, that's really nice. I saw the view. I thought, oh my god, that's really good. Um, and then the woman came out of the house and uh, obviously had spotted me walking around. And asked me if I was interested in having a look round, which is bizarre now when you think about it. And I said, "Are you sure?" And she went, "Yeah, yeah, just have a look round." I still know her; she's lovely. <laughs> she, we still—they live in the valley. It's a fantastic community up there. And uh, anyway, so she showed me round. I fell in love with it. I mean, you know, I left it. And then the, my next thing, going back to the pub thing, mm. I'd left that property. I thought I need to find out where the nearest pub is. So I drove off, and I didn't know where I was going again. Just fat carrying on went one mile and found one of the best pubs in the Lake District, I thought, this is it, right, mm. I'm having it. Mm. Well, that's an interesting investment criteria, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, but if it's a second, if it's a holiday home... Yeah, absolutely. ..what else would you want? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, so that was the second thing that I... Uh, so you bought that and... Yeah, I bought it at auction as well. Yeah, and you extended it? Yeah, so, yeah. With a bit of hassle um, with the local... Yeah, that's right. Well, of anyone that knows, um, obviously there, there are... There are levels of um, planners and um, national park planners are, are, are way above most uh, normal planning departments because they have to be because mm. they're protecting what we all love and we don't mm. want it to be full of horrible buildings. Mm. So they're protecting the environment, but that makes it really hard to get permission. In fact, somebody in the local village tried to get a little porch extension and he couldn't manage it. They wouldn't mm. let him do it. I, I uh, decided the only technique I didn't... I, I obviously knew about design but I pretended I knew nothing about design and I came up with a ridiculous proposal which was some huge barns um, and, the, and I met the planning lady on site who had got a reputation for not approving anything. She's now retired, so... <laughs> anyway, but um, she said, uh, Mr Morton, um, this is the Lake District National Park. 
it is not Dallas, so you're not going to be able to build that. And I went, oh, you know, I want to bring my family here and live here. And it's a bit small, is the cottage. And she went, well, maybe you could do something. And I said, well, you know, what could I do? So then she more or less told me what I could do. And in the end, actually, I think she, you know, we got on quite well. So she just told me what I needed to do. Mm. Um, and, and then she said, oh, and use a local architect. Um, because everybody's more confident if you use somebody from the area and, and they know what to do as well. So I did that. Um, and then I got planning permission and it actually doubled the size of the house. It was a wow. massive extension. Wow. And did you live there? or No, we just used it. That suggests it, it, some sort of serviced accommodation. Yeah, well, what happened was, yeah, so I built a huge extension on it. Um, and, um, and and I spent many years, actually, with my young family. I then had a daughter as well. So I've got two kids, fantastic times as, as young, uh, with the young kids up there. But um, eventually work drew me away more and more. Um, and I got really busy again. So we didn't tend to go. And, and you hear a lot of people that have a lot of holiday cottages, they go for a few months or years and then it becomes a bit boring so mm. we didn't go that often and because I'd spent a lot of money building the extension I thought well maybe I should rent it out mm. so that was my first stepping into serviced accommodation really and did you realize how significant it was going to be at the time no 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 I just thought it'd be a bit of pocket money really yeah, almost yeah. like an accidental <laughs> landlord in yeah. a way yeah well yeah well later on I did that as well but that that was my first uh, sort of yeah so it's just a nice way of getting a bit of an income Right, um, and it was hands free. I didn't really get involved in it because I just used, uh, you know, an agent to run it. Because um, it was before the days of Booking dot com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. Mm. Jumping around, but I've got to ask this question because I've been sitting here wondering: Do you still own the property which you bought off your parents? No, you don't. It's, it's one of the few. Pro- your... No, annoyingly, well, uh, interestingly, believe it or not, I sold that property for eighty five grand. I yeah. bought it for just under thirty. Sold yeah. it for eighty five. Yeah. And then the other day, it was back on the market again. Yeah. Guess how much it was? Oh, 300, 400. Very close. Mm. 280 grand. There we go, yes. And that, so I should have kept it. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't know then, did well, I? This is, but, <laughs> well, absolutely. Yeah. But how many times do we say that? And how many times do we hear people say that? Well, there's that? very few properties. I keep everything if I can. I do. I'm a bit of a hoarder. Yes. <laughs> Well, the hard, the hard bit's actually putting it all together, isn't it? Like the one in Lake District. That was the yes. hard work. So why would you want to get rid of it? Yeah, well, I put a lot of love into it. I mean, I really enjoy, um, because I'm an interior designer as well, I I love um, taking them to to a certain level that I'm proud of. Mm. And so it's difficult to let them go, (laughs) which is odd, (laughs) I suppose, but... uh, no, I understand. But this is, this is the start of your portfolio beginning yes, to emerge now, see, isn't it? Yep, yep. Now, it's at this stage where, interestingly, you kind of discovered buy-to-lets. Most no, of it, the, the, the next, right? no, almost next. But no, the sequence, the next one was I decided to move office. Right. Yeah. Yep. Tell us about that then. Yeah, so I, at uh, 25, decided to start a pension when I got the business going. Uh, and I put it into something called Equitable Life. I don't know if you've ever yes, heard of that. Equitable the, the life, people, yeah. If anyone's listening and they know Equitable Life, they'll be cringing at the moment. My, my wife used to have a pension with them, yeah. Oh, also, yeah. yeah not I think they're still trying to wind it up, aren't they? Yeah, Probably. well, it was it was literally 17-something or other it started, and mm. it was supposed to be your money was safe forever. Exactly. Yeah, but it wasn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, another so, story for another time. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah anyway, so a uh, pension fund uh, decided to buy an office, basically, and... Um, via a SIP, and this was a long time ago, before anyone really knew much about SIPs. Mm. So I did that and um, and then moved my office there, and that was another great move because um, the company paid, obviously, the rent, which went into the pension fund and eventually paid off the loan on that building. 
So that was a church that I converted into an office, a grade two listed church. Right. Which I've still got. Uh, yeah. As well, and then the next thing that happened for anybody, by the way, anybody who's got their own business, that's a wonderful oh, thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is, if you've got your own business, it's a, and, you, and you want to hive away some profits and, and completely legally, um, mm. that's a great way of doing it because mm. you're paying rent into your own pension fund. Mm. 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 Yeah, and reducing your tax bill. Yeah. Anyway, enter. Yeah. Regime. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So then the next one, uh, I'd built up a bit of money in the uh, in the design company. And a, a really old friend of mine came in the office and I got talking to him and he got a friend that had, that had bought a school uh, from Leeds City Council and he'd just done another development elsewhere, another school, um, but he couldn't sell all those. So he, he got planning permission for this next one, but he couldn't buy it. So he said, would you be interested in meeting him and having a chat and possibly buying it? So I did that uh, and ended up doing the deal with the guy, paid him something for it bought the building in the company that he was buying it in and then I uh, set up the finance set up the design and build company and pretty much managed that one and built 10 apartments there which I still got as well now right so that was sort of like a build to rent project although yeah. you wouldn't have called it that at the no time. I, I was building it to sell it and what happened was um I sold one to a friend actually um just to pay a bit of the loan off you know and uh and then somebody said uh I said, what are you doing with it? Oh, I'm going to rent it out. I said, oh, all right, yeah. And so I thought, oh, maybe I should buy one. So I bought one, and then I worked it out. You know, my little grey, the cells were going round, you know, little cogs going yeah. round. I thought, oh, hold it a minute. And then I realised I could pay the loan off, and I could then get somebody renting it and make a bit of income from it. So I thought, ah, I'll buy another one. And then I bought, I bought all nine. Mm. And then there was one left that, that I'd sold to that guy. So I thought, right, I want that back then. So I bought it back off him again. It cost me an extra 20 grand to get it back. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I got all 10. Yeah. And then I worked it out. You know, you get your calculator out. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, I can make an income out of this without doing anything. So I thought, right, I'll do another one. Um, so then I bought, I went to an auction and bought another building, which was really brave. Second auction, uh, 577 grand. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, uh, and what was that? That was a grade two listed school, um, really beautiful building. Um, now, this is one of the things which strikes me, and it's probably because of your experience anyway in property, mm. but you don't shy away from these projects, do you? A lot of people would look at a grade two, grade one even, and yeah. think, I'm not going to touch that. But you're sort of all in, aren't you? And you, uh, you take I, those on. I, I, I actually enjoy doing in that. In fact, you would prefer them. No, I don't prefer them. <laughs> you like them? <laughs> I love doing them, yeah, because yeah. there's great features. That's why they're listed buildings. I mean, yes. they're, they're tremendously important, and uh, and I respect that they're important as well. I wouldn't, by the way, uh, probably do a grade one listed building. <laughs> right, okay. Right. Um, well, I wonder if those words might come back to haunt you. There you are. Well, I See might, what you're yeah. doing in 10 years' time. Yeah, I might be doing. Well, yeah, yeah anyway, so, yeah. Yeah. So you went to auction, bought this property. Yeah. 570-odd grand. Yeah, yeah. And you're right, at, at auction... Because yeah. auction, a lot of people have this romantic notion about auctions and you go there and you stick your hand up yeah. and you walk out with a bargain. Yeah. Not always the case, is no. it? So you probably did very well. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a complete bargain. It was it was a reasonable price. Mm. I bought the cottage at auction as well, by the way. Did you? Yeah, mm. so I've done quite a few purchases at auctions. Mm. Um, and it's tremendously exciting. I mean, I don't know whether you have, but it is so I've exciting. I've sold at auction. I tend to sell. Oh, that's, it. that's mm. easier. Mm. <laughs> Just collected the money. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I bought that one, developed that one. That, that was 11 apartments. Um, I, I think I sold four of those and kept seven. Well, I did, yeah, I've kept seven of those. 
and they were more upmarket as well. They were quite luxury apartments. Um, so I was doing really, really well, driving around in fancy cars and thought I was the bee's knees. Mm. Um, anyway, so then I bought another church uh, school from um, the guys that were at the auction. There were two buildings and they bought this other building. So I bought that off them so that I could move my gang, my team, because you end up with a, a really fantastic team of guys that know how to do all the project. You know, it's like a, a mm. system, basically, so mm. you just want them to just do it again. Mm. So I bought another building, and at the time I was going completely crackers, like, because I was buying, I bought a thing in Cape Verde. I'm, well, I was going to say, yeah, right. you, you can't, you, and I understand this, because yeah. I was there. Yeah, was yeah, there yeah, yeah. Well, everybody crash. was. I know what happened. <laughs> yes. And I remember, I, I mean, I know this is about you, but I'll tell yeah. you about me for a minute. Yeah. I remember sitting in the car park at the services on the A1, ringing somebody up and reserving two flats in Romania. I mean, why would you do that? <laughs> oh, but I've got some days, crazy stuff, what, mate. It's just oh. what you did, wasn't it? Yeah. So you went the same route, but you yeah. went off to Cape Verde. Well, no, I did several things. That okay. was just one of them. Yeah, so what happened was, um, basically, when that development was happening, everything was always going up at 10% a year. Mm. You could do anything, mm. and it would go up at 10% a year. So there was no reason to just hesitate. And there was a massive... Um, the whole of the country was beginning to realise, oh, we could buy something abroad and it'd be nice and cheap and it'll probably go up at the same rate. We didn't know, did we, that that mm. would just really daft. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, so I went and bought this thing in Cape Verde. I bought a piece of land in Brazil. Right. Which I've never seen. Whereabouts I, in Brazil? Can you remember? Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's right on the tip of Brazil where the sun rises. Oh, uh, yeah. You know where it's... It's it, either the, in Natal or the next one up. Re- Reseti or something yeah. like that. Reseti. That's it, that's it. Yep. Guy. yep. Yeah. Eh? So yeah, <laughs> so I've seen it on Google Earth, but I've yeah. not been there. Yeah. Anyway, that's just how mad it was. And yeah. then I bought a thing in uh, Spain, fractional ownership in Spain and fractional ownership in Dubai. Yeah. Right. Um, I was losing it. I'd lost the plot. At the same time, my other half uh, disappeared with my two kids and left me as well. Because oh. I've got like a massive ego problem. You know, I definitely lost the plot. And I don't mind admitting it. Mm. You know, but anyway, so well, it was the times, as I say, we were oh, all doing it. Yeah, you know, so. I've got like a, a, a brand new Q7, a TVR Tuscan. I thought I was like a little demigod, yeah. you know, completely lost the plot. Anyway, so I went across to Italy to buy something in Tuscany, right? So I, I, I and that was on a TV thing. So I, I go to Tuscany, um, and um, and I put on the TV, put the bid in, and I bought like these programs you watch on telly. Yeah, I did that, and uh. Bought this thing in Tuscany, came back, got to the office, um, and then I looked in, and there's just no one doing anything. What what year was this? Well, you 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 just you're just getting ahead of my crack okay, point on. there. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my punchline. Sorry, we'll let yeah. you. Let <laughs> <laughs> but you probably worked out what it was. So I get in the office. There's no one doing anything at all. They're just like looking at newspapers or like messing about, you know, having a laugh, drinking coffee. I said, "What? What's going on?" Oh, we haven't got any work. So, like everyone says, you build up a little fund of money in the bank to if there's a problem. So I, I kept on paying all these people, and then eventually somebody said, ah, it's a crash. And I thought, oh, oh it'll be all right. It'll soon, soon, soon pull back again. Because before that, I'd never had, I'd never made anybody redundant, never made anybody, no, no one was ever sacked from my company. I used to brag about it, you know, that we're so safe, nothing's ever going to go wrong. And it was like terrible. So I spent all my money and then I'd start making people redundant and uh, it was horrendous, you know, like. And then I had a property on site as well when the crash happened. So I'd got it sort of plastered shell. The bank started rigging me up, getting nervous and and pretty much, you know, horrendous times, mm. you know. 
Were you worried? I mean, it sounds I like... I was you... mega worried. Yeah, I mean, it was horrendous. It's literally, you know, the worst time. Did you have to wind up your portfolio? Or did you manage to keep No, going? no, no. I mean, I did really well. I, I've still got everything that I did before the, the crash. The last development, I I did lose a bit of money on that. It's still tied up in a company, actually, so I'm going <laughs> to do a development with this director's loan into the company. Mm. So I just need to spin it back around and do a development and take the money back out again, so... It, it, it was really painful, more for the people, actually, making people redundant. Mm. Mm. They were hard times, weren't they? I, mean, I remember oh, on a much smaller scale than you, but I remember sitting at my computer, looking at my spreadsheet, plotting <laughs> the values of my portfolio yeah. and thinking, oh, my word, it's all gone. Yeah. Now, I mean, of course, you live to fight another day. Yeah. And I'm guessing you, know, you like me, probably, you had enough cash flow to keep you going and... Yeah, well, sit, I had the, well in fact, it was, the, it was the properties that saved me, actually, um, in the end, because mm. I, I'd, I'd got a passive income from the properties, and I, and I realised, well, actually, I still carried on doing the design thing, but the, the company more or less disappeared because all the people had to go, you know, and it ended up being just a small team. So mm. I carried on doing that, but the passive income kept me going from the properties. And then I, I just had a really good time then. I was, go, I was going off on holidays all the time. I mean, like, just ridiculous. You know, I just never stopped. And I, I remember going on one holiday, which was to Cape Verde, because they did build a Cape Verde place, yeah. amazingly. Yeah. And it's still there, and I still have that. But um, So I went for seven weeks, all-inclusive. Mm. Yeah, and I got to week four, and, you know, being a Yorkshire lad, I'm a bit of a drinker. Mm. So I was out drinking, you know. Got to week four, I thought, I've had enough of this now. Mm. It was horrendous. You know, mm. I thought, I'm not touching another drop, and I want to go home. Mm. And I want to do something. I'm bored out of my brains. Mm. So, so literally. Oh, and before I went, yeah. So joking about we're in progressive towers, aren't we? Mm. So I'd been sent one of those no money down DVD things, which I'd got on a filing tray with the two guys with the stripy shirt smiling at me. And I thought that's a load of cobblers. I don't know what that is, you know. And I, anyway, so I came back and I, and I thought maybe I should uh, maybe I should you know go to it. It was, they had some tickets in for the Masopi thing, and I thought, ah, oh, maybe I should go. Masopi being multiple streams of property income. Yep. You're right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so my other half is a psychic clairvoyant, right? So I said to her, what do you think about this? She says, well, just go. Just go. So I thought, all right then. So obviously I came down and um, sat the first day, and I'm pretty much thinking this is a right load of, you know, I won't say the rude words because, mm. you know, Thought it was a load of rubbish, basically. And uh, and then second day, I thought... Oof. And then they came up with this thing about the six things that you can do wrong in properties. And I thought... Oh. And then they listed them out, and I thought, oh, oh hold it. I've, I've actually done four of those, all on one project. Yes. <laughs> the Cape Verde one, you know, don't buy a broad. Yeah. Piece of scrub land, yeah. new build. I can never remember what the fourth one is. Yeah. And I can't remember what the other two are, but I know yeah, I did... Off plan, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I did four, four of them, yeah. and that's when it clicked. It clicked, and then and then I started listening a bit closer to things, and then, you know, the commercial conversion course came on. I thought I've got to do that. Well, you were a bit of a convert, weren't you? Because you, oh, got, yeah, you, yeah. you actually went from thinking it was a load of rubbish on day one <laughs> yeah. to, to buying the plutonium, plutonium plus <laughs> yes, package, the end, which yeah. included yes. the Cayman, the Cayman yes, legacy, yes. which is where we met, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But you must have realised that there was something there for, to actually commit oh, that kind of investment yeah. in yourself. Yeah, no, well, I think that, you know, the unusual angle is I'd already sort of done a lot of the things, but, but what Progressive had done um, was figure out how to um, put them everything that I'd done in the correct order mm. in a system to mm. follow. So then I thought, well, God, I wish I'd had that. 
<laughs> well, yeah, but, but as Rob would say, you can never regret. Things happen when they happen for the reason yes. they happen, when they happen, if yeah. that makes sense. And yeah. I'm not, not putting it very well, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But you've certainly taken that and really done something with it because I've been looking through the stuff you provided and I've seen your posts on Facebook. Yes. And yeah. you've done some amazing projects and you've now really got yourself as a kind of a niche developer of, mm. I don't, I'd describe it as being like almost like a boutique hotel. But that's it's, right, it's yeah. Like, it's apartments on the serviced accommodation model, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. But it yeah. all ties in with your love of heritage and grade two list of buildings. And the yep. whole you can see the whole thing has all come together yep. to provide who you are and what you are now in property, mm. which I think is amazing. Yeah, well, I, sp I spoke to some high-level mentors, actually, um, who looked at... I spent a day with a couple of different people, and they, they sort of looked at what I'd done, the properties I'd done, and they said, well... You know, when somebody looks from a different perspective, I hadn't realised, but they said, well, they're all sort of heritage properties. And I thought, oh, yeah, you're right. And uh, they're all sort of, you know, beautiful-looking buildings, and, and I hadn't really realised. It's just naturally gone mm. for that, because that's what I liked. Um, and, and and so I thought, oh, yeah, maybe... And then they, and they said, well, why don't you concentrate on that mm. and try and... Uh, so then came up with this idea of a collection, a heritage collection. And it's called The Collection, isn't it? Mm. Well, that's where it came from. Yeah. Yeah, so the thing is called The Collection. So the idea is... Uh, so we've just... Well, we've got this uh, building that we converted into 13 apartments, which was a Grade 2 listed building in the centre of Leeds, which was um, owned by the Yorkshire Archaeological and Historical Society mm. for 50 years. Mm. So you can imagine um, a fair bit of politics. Mm. They, Someone was trying to buy it and make it into student accommodation, actually, and they hated the idea, mm. and so did Leeds Civic Trust. So we managed to um, get the building and involved all them, and they're really happy with what we've done as well. So it's a great, suitable purpose for the building. Well, I think I've seen photos of that on Facebook. Yeah. And it looks absolutely beautiful. As I say, it's like it a high-end boutique hotel. Yeah, so the next thing I decided, because I'd seen what everyone was doing on... Uh, is, on... is that the one with the grand piano? That's right. Yeah. Have you seen the thing where I'm pay playing that? I haven't seen you playing it, but I no. remember the photos on okay. Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, if you see the thing with me playing it, I'm not really playing it. I'm <laughs> pretending. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, fantastic. But it's 1777. I mean, it's, it's one of the few Georgian merchant houses actually in Leeds, big detached house. Um, beautiful building, mm. really important for Leeds. Mm. The guy that actually owned it in Victorian times was responsible for the hospital and the university and the town hall. So it's massively important. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we had big responsibility to do it. But, yeah, it's, it's really good and people like it, yeah. Right. So and other, you've got other projects on the go at the moment like that. You've got, a, is it a church? Yeah, in that's right, Cumbria? yeah. We've got, well, we've Lake got... District? Yeah, back got, to the Lake District. Well, yeah, well, my heart is always in the Lake District. Mm. Well, and Yorkshire. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the beauty, just beautiful place, the whole section of that country, if you think of it from the East Coast with Whitby, mm. you know, the North York Moors, uh, Nidderdale, Yorkshire Dales, Lake District, there's a band of mm. country that's... Mm. And that's your, what you're doing at the moment. You're just looking yeah. at these heritage buildings yeah. and service well, accommodation. Well, they don't have to be heritage buildings. The collection is also looking at contemporary things as well. There's two mm. strands to it. Mm. But, yeah, the heritage thing. Um, so, yeah, we've got some churches. We've actually got two churches now. Um, so there's one in Hawes, which is, I don't know whether you know that, it's where Wensleydale cheese comes from. Right. You know, Wallace and Gromit and all yes. that. Yes. So, yeah, so we're, we're converting this church. And we're actually caught, there's a sort of, it's a church with a, a school at the back. Yeah. So we're converting the school into two cottages. We're calling them Wallace and Gromit. Don't forget the crackers, Gromit. No, exactly. 
<laughs> and so that's going to be five apartments, well, two cottages and three apartments. Yes. Uh, and then, um, so that's just uh, going through the final stages of planning. It's been to pre-planning, it's going in. And then there's another one that we've just uh, literally last week bought. In fact, my, I've got a joint venture partner and he bought this place while I was on holiday. I didn't even see it. But he's bought this uh, beautiful church in Kendall, which is on the edge of the Lake District. Um, so we've got a, a, a power team there now looking at that, and that's um, potentially eight apartments, but with a new thing around the back as well. There's a tiered piece of land where we're going to put uh, a tiered brand new development at the back of it. Um, so, yeah. It's that, Ian, this all sounds wonderful, but if I was listening to this, yeah. listening to the podcast, I might be thinking, well, that's all well and good for you. Yeah. But actually, I can't ever imagine myself doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's all a bit beyond me. You, know, you started off in property when you were 16, so <laughs> it's easy for you. Mm. What would you say to anybody who's thinking about wanting to perhaps do something like this? Yeah. What would you do, say, to encourage them or to inspire them or just to show them that maybe anybody can do this? Well, anybody can do it. I mean, that's totally true. You know, um, and, and it is just a case of learning how to do it and then taking steps. You know, just keep going, don't give up, just take little steps. Mm. You know, you don't need to do 100, 100 flat development as your first one. I mean, you can do that if you find the right JV partners, but, but you know, you can start small, learn how to do it, build yourself up. Um, so I think, I think that's so important, you know, it's something which we so often forget. Mm. It's, it's again going back to somebody thinking you're lucky because you've got to the end point mm. and they don't see the work that goes in first. Yeah. And by the same token, it's a process which evolves, isn't it? And as you say, you don't start off with a 100-unit development. You might start off with... Well, you might as, do. Well, you might do, <laughs> but you're probably going to start off something a little bit smaller and build up. Yeah. But until you try, you never know how far you're going to go. No. Well, the thing that I've always done, literally, is is taking, you know, you've got to take risks, you've got to take a chance. You can't just not do anything. Mm. So educated risk, not risk everything. Mm. Not go to the casino and throw all your money on. Mm. But, you know, educated, you've got to take a risk. Yeah. Yeah. Now, talking so, of education, yeah, I understand you're a VIP mentor. That's right, yeah. 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 So you mentor on the VIP here. The VIP is the 12-month mentoring program run by Progressive. How, how are you finding that? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting to hear what other people are doing and, and they come up with amazing ideas. Um, you can be sat there and, you know, somebody will come in that maybe hasn't got a lot of experience, some of them, and uh, and they'll come up with something you think, oh, God, I hadn't thought of that. You know, fantastic idea. And they get you quite excited because you think, oh, you know, we should go and do that. <laughs> um and they bring properties in, and there's just you know a lot of excitement with the VIP thing. There's an energy, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you're well and truly embedded into the progressive community now. Um, I've got my stripy. I've got my stripy jacket on. You yeah, have yeah. Indeed, they? yeah, I have. Yeah. It, it runs through my entire core now. There are stripes internally through my body. So do you come down from... <laughs> no, I'm just making that up. Do you come down to Masopis and things? And no, no. You're not? Okay. No, no. I was going to say, if anybody bumps into you at Progressive Towers, is it okay if they shake your hand and say of hello? Course. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. so no, I haven't um, been back to them. I did did that first Masopi. I haven't been back to one oh. since. Oh, and right. I, In fact, I'm going to go, actually. I think it's in June. Yeah, it is. To see it anew, you know, fresh eyes. After all the experience and the learning really there we are so depending upon when this podcast comes out either look out for ian <laughs> oh. at the june masopi or yeah. if ian gets a taste for it i'm, I'm the bold guy yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the dodgy blazer <laughs> the dodgy blazer but do say hello yes yeah of course yeah ian it's been fantastic having you here today really inspiring story really really inspiring thank and you I, 
just to think that, you know, you started off 16, not really knowing what you're doing, to now sort of developing these high-end mm. units. Brilliant story. No, great. It just shows, you know, we never know where we're going on this journey, you do we? You don't know. We haven't finished yet. And we're not finished yet, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I look forward to hearing what you do over the next 10 years or so. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ian. No, thanks for that. Cheers. Yeah. So this has been the Progressive Property Podcast. I've been Peter Jones. If you want to know a bit more about me, then do come over to my website, www.thepropertyteacher.co.uk. Be great to see you there. You can sign up for my free newsletter and some other freebies there, bits and pieces. Otherwise, until the next podcast, here's to successful property investing. Bye.